Good morning. Welcome to our daily word and prayer. This is Friday morning, March 12th. I hope you're ready for a great day. This is a wonderful topic that we have that we're going over today. One of my favorite messages, actually, and one that actually I feel pretty inadequate to share well in our brief time because, well, it might be somewhat controversial, believe it or not. My question to you today, are you a saint or a sinner? Now, some of you might say, come on, Tom, if you knew me, uh, you'd know the answer to that question. That's pretty obvious. Some of you may think it's a trick question that, what's Tom getting at here? But remember, we're going through a series here on our identity in Christ. And we've been talking about viewing ourselves the way God views us, seeing ourselves the way God sees us. And um, we want to ask ourselves, how does God identify us? Notice I didn't ask if you ever sin. The question was really clearly, what's your mindset? How do you view yourself? Do you see yourself the way God sees you? It shouldn't surprise you if you read the New Testament that, for instance, the Apostle Paul often introduces his letter and he addresses it to the saints, the saints who are in Rome, the saints who are in Philippi, the saints in Colossae, the saints in Galatia, etc. He refers to people as saints. Now, Paul often talks to people about their sins, their problems. Many of his letters, most of his letters are written to correct either theological or behavioral problems that people had. He had no problem correcting people. But he didn't call them sinners, per se. He called them saints. A saint is a holy one, one who's set apart. Who's, and and the, the technical word here is that we're set apart. We're set apart to God. We're set apart from sin, from the world, set apart to God. He calls us saints. One of the most classic verses on this this idea of being a saint or a sinner, and it's so important, it's found in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, and we want to start with verse, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, we want to start with verse 9, where he says this, do you not know the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor homosexuals, nor thieves, nor the covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. Such were some of you. Notice the tense. Past tense. Such were some of you. But you were washed. You were sanctified. You were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and in the spirit of our God. This word sanctified is the same root word as this word holy, saint. The word holy, the word sanctified, the word saint. They're all the same Greek root word. He says in the Corinthians, some of you were, you used to be adulterers, thieves, slanders, homosexuals, whatever. You used to be these things, but now you've been washed. Now you've been made holy or sanctified. You've become a saint. Now you've been justified in the name of our God by our Lord Jesus Christ. And so I think he's, he's hitting here so important, your identity, that you no longer think of yourself the way you used to think of yourself. You no longer think of yourself as 
an adulterer, maybe you committed it. But you don't think of yourself that way. Now you think of yourself as a saint. You may have been a homosexual, but now you think of yourself as a saint. You may have been a thief. Now you think of yourself as a saint. You have a new identity. God has done something within you. He's made you new. Now, this is so, for some reason, this is controversial. When I ask this question, I say, like, for instance, do you think of yourself as a homosexual or as a saint, a former homosexual, someone who's come to Christ? And they're told their identity is who they are. They'll always be that way. And they want to define themselves by what they're tempted by rather than defining themselves by what God says of them. Remember, I began this series uh, last Monday, I believe it was. We opened this series by talking about the Christian life and mental toughness. That faith fights the fight of faith, fights the fight hard to say, I will believe I am who God says I am. I may feel different. Some of my circumstances may be different. People all around me might want to hold me into a box and say, you haven't changed. You're no different. Psychology might want to tell me I can't change or I'm not different. But I'm going to believe what God says. I'm going to believe the word of God. I'm going to fight the fight of faith to believe what God Almighty says about me. This is so important because we tend then, what we truly believe about ourselves is how we will behave, how we will act. If we think of ourselves as I am a sinner, and some people, some Christians have this mentality. Their focus is always on their sinfulness. They, it's like they, they say, I live in a state of constant sin. I've had people tell me, that. good Christians tell me I live in a state of constant sin because I'm not at this present moment loving God with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength. I'm not witness to every person I've seen. I've not been in constant unceasing prayer. I'm living in constant sin. And I think, what a, what, a, what a negative way to view myself. What a negative way to live my life. And I don't think God looks at us this way. I don't think God, I don't think our, you know, God says he's chosen to forget our sins in Romans or Hebrews chapter 10. He's chosen to forget them. And sometimes we walk around with this cloud hanging over my head that I am in constant, constant, constant sin. Would you like your child to think that way about you? I'm in constant, constant, constant disobedience. There's nothing I could ever do to please my mom or my dad. What a, what a poisoned relationship you would have. A parent might be delighted in their child. Like the Bible says, God is delighted in us. And he loves us and he, and he's, he believes in us. He's for us. And yet we would be living in this constant state of, of, of I'm constantly disappointing. I'm constantly letting him down. I'm constantly failing. Where does that come from? I really don't believe that this is the mindset God wants you and I to have. I think Paul, this is why he called us saints. He didn't, he did, the Corinthians, the Romans, the Galatians, the Philippians, he had to correct them all. But I don't believe that he ever referred to them as sinners. He referred to them as saints. Okay, you're saints, you're holy ones, chosen and beloved by God. You're in God's good graces. We need to talk about a few things you need to change. We need to talk about some areas you need to grow in. We need to correct some things that have been going wrong here. But you're a saint. You're a holy one. Think of yourself that way. I was, I, I, this, this 
fear when we talk in this language of instead of having a sin orientation, that we have a righteousness and a holiness orientation, that we think of ourselves as victors instead of totally always failing, that we think of ourselves as living lives that are obedient to God rather than I'm constantly in disobedience to God. Um, it gives away, you know, it, 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 there's, there's ideas that we have that play into, I think, an inadequate or inaccurate theology. I hear people say, I'm a Christian, but I sin every day. To, to, I'm, a, I'm a human being. To sin, to be human is to sin. I'm going to challenge that. I think sin is to fall short of our humanity. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. True humanity that you were created to be is to reflect the glory of God. Sure, we've all sinned, no doubt about it. We've all fallen short of this glory of God for which we were created. But now in Jesus Christ, we've been given this new position, this new standing, this new, uh, we've been justified, and he is remaking us, remodeling us, remolding us into the very image of Christ where we become, shall I say, fully human. We embrace the humanity that God intended. God intended for us to be living like him. To sin is to be human. I'm going to say to sin is to fall short of the humanity that God desires and that God is restoring us to the true humanity of holiness and righteousness. I was at one university in uh, University of Central Florida several years ago and and I was speaking on this, and this one girl challenged me. She said, well, I'm a good Christian. I sin every day. How often have I heard that one? How often have you said it? I said, really? Have you, like, what, what's a sin you've done today? She stopped for a while. She said, well, I, I, I don't know. I can't think of one I've done today. I said, okay, how about yesterday? She thought, well, okay, I can't think of one I did yesterday. But I know I sinned yesterday. I, I know I sin every day. She just would stubbornly hold to that. I sin every day. I said, well, how about the last week? Can you give me a sin you've done in the last week? She thought, and finally she said, okay, all right, here we go. There's this guy at work. To be honest, he's a jerk. Everybody thinks he's a jerk. And, you know, I was having trouble loving him. And I prayed to God. And I said, God, help me, help me to love this fellow. Help me to show him your love. Help me to treat him kindly. I said, that's your sin? That's your sin? That someone that you were tempted, that everybody disliked, and you were tempted to dislike him, and you went to God and you said, God, help me love this fellow? That's your sin? Uh-uh. That, that, she did the right thing. She, she, that was glorious. That was beautiful. That's exactly what we are supposed to do when we are tempted to sin. When we're tempted to disobey God, we go to God and we say, oh God, I need your help. I need your strength. I need your power. Help me to respond the way I know I should here, the way you want me to, not the way I'd feel like. See, temptation is not sin. We are all, Jesus was tempted, just like you and I. Jesus was tempted in many, many ways, just like us. But he was without sin, we read in Hebrews. Tempted and without sin. You can be tempted and without sin. I think part of the problem here is there is doctrine out there that says if you ever sin after becoming a Christian, you're not a Christian. You lost your salvation and you need to be saved all over again. That's not what I'm saying. 
a, a, a saint has the ability, as we see in the scriptures, Paul identified people as saints and they told them things they're doing wrong. A saint has a capacity to sin. You can, you, you, you may sin. You probably will. I don't doubt it. I'm speaking here about mindset. Mindset. How do you view yourself? Are you a sinner that sooner or later, no matter how much you resist the devil, no matter how much you resist temptation, you might as well give in to it because you're going to sin anyway. You're a sinner. Uh-uh. You're a saint. You're, you're a child of God. You are, you're living a life, maybe we should put it in the positive, that instead of a focus on your sinfulness, you should say, today I'm living a life of obedience to God. I think you can say that, can't you? Yeah, I'm not talking about, can you find an area where you disobeyed? Can you think of, like I put this girl in the spot, can you think of something you've done wrong? I'm simply asking, do you live a life of obedience to God? Is that your bent? Is that your direction? Do you think of yourself as I'm a follower of Jesus? Do you think of yourself as I'm, I'm, I'm really trying to, in the power of the Spirit, I'm really trying to obey God? And most days I do it. Most days I do it. I'm living a life of obedience to God. I'm living a life of holiness and righteousness. I'll bet you are living that way. I'll bet you are that living, way, living that way. And if so, I want to give you permission to think of yourself like that. I think God wants you to have permission to say, I've, I've left the domain of darkness. I'm living in the kingdom of God. I've left the path of destruction. I'm walking on the path of life. I'm no longer a son of disobedience. I'm a child of God. I live an obedient life. I'm a follower of Christ. I used to go my way. Now I'm a follower of Christ. I used to live a life of sin. I've had that. I used to be a thief or an adulterer or liar or fornicator or homosexual, but no more because now I'm a saint. I've been washed. I've been sanctified, made holy, made a saint. I've been justified by God. And because that's how God has made me, that's who I am. That's who I am. I want you to feel that permission to say that. Now, this is not, by the way, to claim self-righteousness. No, no. This is not to have a holier-than-thou attitude. Because all that we are, we are by the grace of God. Any righteousness, let's, let's be honest. We deserve judgment. We deserve punishment. In and of ourselves, we, we were... The fact we are rescued, saved, and walking on the path of life, it's the grace of God. It's the mercy of God. It's not that I'm better or special. No, there's no room for pharisaical self-righteousness here. There is room to say you're righteous, but your righteousness is of Christ. It's not self-righteousness. It's righteousness of Christ. Sometimes in our fear of appearing proud, and not wanting to be a self-righteous person, we rob Jesus of the glory, how he's made us righteous. He came to save us from our sins, friends. That's not just an eternity. That includes now. He can save you from your sins now. He is our righteousness, and we give him glory. The gospel is not just someday in the future I'm going to be clean. The gospel is I'm clean now. Amen? Amen. So welcome to all who are joining us today. This is, I hope this message means a lot to you because this is, I think, this mindset. If you have the mindset, I am an obedient, I'm a saint, I'm holy, 
I'm following Christ. I'm on the path of life. I'm no longer living that life of sin. I don't think of myself as a sinner anymore. I think of myself as a saint. That's who I am at the deepest core of my being. Believe that about yourself, and you'll notice you start living that way. And when you live that way, this, my friends, I believe is the key to overcoming temptation, the key to rising above, the key to really being the people God wants us to be. So, should we pray about it? Let's do. Father in heaven, thank you today for this glorious truth. I realize it's controversial. I realize some people would not agree. I believe, Lord, I believe that it, this, this is a message that can set us free. This is a message that gives us power. This is, a, Lord, I, I, faith is so critical. You've made it, Lord, so that, that we, we are saved by faith and we need to walk by faith. And Father, I pray you'd help us and give each of us grace today to believe we are who you say we are, to believe we are who you say we are, to believe that, that, that no matter if our circumstances look different, our failures, our failures aren't to define us. Our circumstances aren't to define us. Lord, that our friends aren't to define us. Our family members aren't to define us. Lord, you are the one who is to define us. And how we pray in Jesus' name, how we pray that we would be walking in your ways, believing we are exactly who you say we are. Father, today, we thank you for Jesus Christ. We thank you that, Jesus, you have made us what we could never make ourselves. We could have never made ourselves a saint. We could have never made ourselves holy. We could have never done that. All of our efforts, all of our trying, Lord, we could not have changed our heart. Only you could do that. Only, your, only you could give us a new heart. Only your spirit could change us from the inside out. But we thank you that you have. Hallelujah. We give you praise. We thank you that we have left the path of destruction. We're on the path of life. We thank you we've left the domain of darkness. We thank you that we've left the life of sin. Lord, I think of, of, of us on this call, we used to be. Some of us used to be fornicators or adulterers or thieves or liars or revilers or homosexuals or or, or what, who, who knows what we've done, but such things we were. We were. We thank you for the promise that this is past tense. Now we're new. We're new creatures in Jesus Christ. We have been given a new life. We've been made new. The old has passed away. Our sins are buried in the deepest sea. We thank you you no longer look upon us as the old sinners we were, but you look upon us as being in Christ, your son. You look upon us as holy and righteous. You call us saints. Help us, Father. Give us the grace, the, the mental toughness, the faith to look upon ourselves the way you do, to think of ourselves the way you think of us, to use the words to describe us that you used to describe us. Oh, Lord, from our innermost being, from, our, from the depths of our soul, might we believe what you say to be true about us and let it live its way out. Lord, this is the secret. This is the key. Jesus, you, it, Christ in us is the hope of glory. 
Christ is us is our transformation. What we couldn't do, you've done. Help us, Lord, if we believe this. We thank we, you know, we just thank you, Lord, your path that your ways of faith. That Lord, you you say we must believe, and then we'll see. We would like to see before we believe that there's a fight, Lord, that we will believe what you say. And you said, I think of how you said in John, did I not say that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? Help us, Lord, believe all that you say about us to be true. Today, Lord, this day, might we learn to think of ourselves as a holy one, an obedient one, a saint. Might we call ourselves that? Might we call one another that? Lord, might we learn that if that's true, what it means I'm not. And sometimes, Lord, it just help us not only, for, not only embrace what we are, but to let go of what we used to be and what we aren't anymore. So, Lord, um, this takes a great fight of faith to believe this. And we ask for your help. We ask for your reminder. We ask these truths would really define us. And we thank you they're true. Might we experience them every single day. Lord, this day, might we live as saints, shining the light of Christ through us, uh, bringing hope to people, uh, encouraging people, giving opportunity for people to come to know you. Lord, I just think of how Lord, there's so many people in our country who are just down and discouraged and, and fearful and, and living in, uh, I, I just think watching President Biden last night, I just, if, if he's representing what people feel, Lord, there's just so many people feel it must be really down. And Lord, I thank you that you have given me and us just a greater optimism and faith and encouragement. Help us to be a light and a hope Help us to bring the light of Christ and the hope of Christ to others today. Help us to lift people above their fears, their anxieties, their stresses. Help us, Lord, to be fixing our eyes on Jesus and helping others too as well. Use us for your service today. Use us in the lives of others we encounter. Help us to bring a smile, a joy, a word of encouragement, the gospel message to others today. We're praying, continue to pray for a spiritual awakening and revival in our land that would reach from the, the lowest of the low right up to the highest of the high in our land. Lord, everyone, every knee will bow and every tongue confess will all be equal at the foot of the cross. And we pray for every person in our country to be turning to you. That's what we're asking, Lord. It's a big request. Save people we ask. Use us for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, and amen. All righty. Hey, this is an important message we shared today. So I, you know, pass this one along. If you're with us for the first time today, welcome. Make sure you subscribe, hit the notify, hit the like button, and so forth. Go to my website, tomthepreacher.com, where you can subscribe to my daily newsletter and I, uh, my daily email, and I write about some of the things we pray about here. But pass this on. Send this link. You can you know, just copy the link and send it on to others and say, if you know people who are struggling, people who are having difficulty overcoming temptation, people who are living a defeated life, uh, I, think what, I think what we've been talking about in this whole series all week long, 
but particularly today, are critical truths that most of us don't really believe down deep. The more we hear it, the more likely we're to believe it. And as these truths break through, they transform us. So um, I, I know some people have written me and said that they re-listen to my messages more than once throughout the day. If that's the case, good for you. Because some of these things, we need to drill them in. We've had deep teaching, you know, from the world, maybe our upbringing, our relationships, our past, our failures that make it hard to believe what we're talking about today. But these are God's truths. We're going to stand firm in the Word of God, have that mental toughness. I believe what God says no matter what. So God bless you. Thank you that you've been along. We'll see you tomorrow morning right here, 830 Eastern Time. God bless you, and uh, you have a great day.